from Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today we dig into how we can encourage and support more women farmers to step up to leadership roles and take advantage of -of out-of-the-box opportunities. From skill sharing to supporting women farmers in Africa to volunteering for grant review committees, Erin Schneider inspires us to go beyond just participating in something and to take on an active leadership role. Erin Schneider runs Hilltop Community Farm in Lafarge, Wisconsin, in partnership with her husband, Rob McClure raising a wide range of vegetables, herbs, fruits, and flowers. A graduate of the National Farmers Union Beginning Farmer Institute, Erin has volunteered on multiple assignments in Senegal through the Farmer to Farmer program with USAID to increase women's economic empowerment and food security. She currently serves on the Administrative Council for North Central SARE. We are back with Erin Schneider of Hilltop Community Farm in Laval, Wisconsin. And today on our In Her Boots podcast, we are going to talk about, I know a topic near and dear to both of our hearts, Erin, of encouraging women, particularly women in the sustainable ag community, to step up to the plate and Mm -hmm. take on more leadership roles and take on more out-of-the-box experiences, right? And stretch Mm -hmm. ourselves. And you are such an inspiring example of this (laughs) I know you're chuckling because uh, uh, you, you're one person who really exemplifies digging in because you're really good at identifying opportunities. But what I love about your story, and we'll, we'll talk more in the details, it's like when you do something, when you do a program, and many of us just do something and then leave, you stay and you help and you lead there. And maybe let's talk... Uh, I know you've done a lot of work with USAID mm-hmm. in Africa. And can you give us the quick synopsis of that program? Because that's a great opportunity for women, period. Yeah, absolutely. And I will just say that for me, like opportunities, I, I learned to just go where the green lights are. And oftentimes it's been like an invitation from you, Lisa, or someone else saying, hey, like, have you heard of this? And so I first discovered this during the Beginning Farmer Institute with the National Farmers Union. Um, and they're were, they were just like talking about other things they're connected with. And I'm like, oh, USAID farmer to farmer, like peer-to-peer learning in other parts of the world. And you can go in January <laughs> if possible. That clicked. <laughs> yeah. It was so like, USAID is through the federal government. It's through the through... federal government. So off, how farmer to farmer works is, I mean, it's, it is funded through um, the USAID network, but oftentimes it is then um, there's like implementing partners, they call them. So um, for example, like I've worked with the National Co-op Business Association, CLUSA, um, Co-op League USA, um, that's the CLUSA side. Um, so they um, coordinate farmer to farmer and their funding pool comes from USAID. And it's kind of like, yeah, so people, you can do it. There's a lot of folks um, doing farmer to farmer and all over the world. But um, this opportunity was like 
you know, Senegal in West Africa was never on my radar. And I was next thing I know, though, I mentioned January, but literally the first time it's like, well, I don't know if this will ever happen again. So yeah, I'll go. And it was the middle of August. I was like, what? Okay, here we go. I was the heart of the rainy season. And I remember landing in Dakar and the airport. And it was like, two feet of water. It was like the storm that would become Hurricane Sandy. But then just stepping out of the airplane and being like, wow, there's water and I can smell the ocean and fish and like diesel. And there's just like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> where am I? But no, and little did I know how much that place would just like get under my my skin wow. in so many ways. And the, you know, the people there, I think they, um, the program is really unique, I think, in, in that it, it's farmer- based on farmers' needs in the host country and also shared skills. So you're kind of lined up with projects that are... Um, so you see, yeah, people can yeah, look yeah. this up, there's like a list of opportunities. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so you know, you know you went to Senegal, they're usually about two weeks Usually about two weeks, um, sometimes no, 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 three. a huge commitment, you yeah. know, not months. And then uh, your travel expenses are yeah. paid for, yeah. right? So yeah. um, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's... So what was the first one you went on in Senegal? Oh, that was in an area of Kedagu, and it was actually looking at um, agroforestry. So, I mean, and then it's like, you know, one thing I'm like, what? Well, like, boy, I grow like apple trees. They don't grow in that part of the region. But it's the same thing of like the, you know, how do you integrate perennials into the landscape? And they're already doing that. Or you just sort of kind of visit different farms and interview different villages, like the whole, you know, there's like a certain... You know, I wanted to be a good guest and then um, <laughs> as well, but there is just a certain thing that I learned about like just hosting and making people feel welcome because, you know, it's like here are these people who like are like taking time out of their day and they have a million things going on. Most of them are all women. Um, and then you're coming through their like farm gate and they're welcoming you and singing and you're just like... Oh, you just get like a body buzz. And I think I that really drove home to me like how important it is to like... Yes, we need techniques and um, production skills, but we, you know, we have to have heart as well. And if we really want to keep doing what we're doing and this, I think for, you know, we have to learn to to just fall in love again with, with our land and the farm and the people that feeds us and et cetera. And, and, We've yeah. had several women we've interviewed on this podcast alone, like Katie Dixon from Christensen Farm and Della Enns from Scotch Hill Farm who yeah, participated yeah. in that same program so definitely look look into it look it up and the interesting thing too and correct me if i'm wrong here but when they list these opportunities mm-hmm. it's not like you have to have a phd in what they're no, asking for no. do you know it's really yeah. like you just said go and share yourself because people especially as women we can easily self-select ourselves out or i you know i <laughs> i don't know enough about that to do yeah. that but it and what i love about it too is it's very much in the philosophy of mutual peer learning it's mm-hmm. not you know we are we are the american experts to come and tell you what to do do you know it's yeah, not it's we like, don't want off. that no 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 but <laughs> yeah, but on that, back to that leadership <laughs> note yeah, yeah. so you've you've done a variety of these USAID programs but you have stepped up on various committees and leadership roles yeah, yeah. globally with that right <laughs> yeah yeah and it's again like sort of um being invited has been huge and because you know i'm kind of like oh shy being invited and saying yes and though, saying that's yes. what you do yeah. yeah you know i'm like okay the door's open what does this mean and just like when in doubt turn to wonder um and so for like in that trajectory at the time i was um 
there was a, a two-year time that I was uh, the um, on the world on a women's and agriculture committee with the World Farmer Organization, and that's kind of like a global like membership farm, sort of like National Farmers Union in the U.S. is like a member of this World Farmer Organization. And basically, what um, WFO for acronyms, I know <laughs> they <laughs> their main thing was trying to you know get farmers' voice at the um, UN like Food and Security Council because you're like oh well, farmers aren't like inform helping inform policy ideas like wait a minute but what i learned from that and and just that again you can learn from everyone but i also learned like i spent did two years for that and you sort of learn where you are most effective in your leadership style and i'm so grateful like to you know i just i i'm more much more like you know hands-on on the ground not to say there isn't a place for like you know meetings and gatherings and good conversations that come out of that but this I just learned about my, I know about myself is that the stamina for meetings I, I don't know I'm like <laughs> that just, is a challenge <laughs> we'll help inform those by like here testing things on the ground and then you know but yep. I but am I grateful oh my gosh yes it was a pretty amazing time for that and that's great and the yeah. other arena I know you have taken on leadership roles in is SARE, the Sustainable Agricultural Research Education. <laughs> we talked in our last podcast about the SARE Farmer Rancher grant you worked under, but you've had, I know, several. Mm -hmm. But again, not just having an experience and stepping away, mm -hmm. you serve currently still, right, yeah, on the SARE yeah. Administrative Council. And this is for our North Central region, but all regions have this of a diverse committee, right, of both farmers, mm -hmm. academics, different representation, geography, backgrounds. But this is really the group of peers that mm -hmm. direct SARE. I mean, in the sense of uh, direction and grant reviewing and other things, mm -hmm. it's a super important role that Absolutely. we really need farmer voices on. Absolutely. And uh, is leading for our, our region, for sure. But how how has that experience what have you learned from that? Because you seem, I mean, it, yeah, you, it is kind of committee-y, right? But it's yeah. important. <laughs> Timing <laughs> and um, just how to pace your or sequencing. Well, so um, oh, I do remember our road trip to Nebraska <laughs> once where you were yeah. reviewing grants. I know. <laughs> Confidentially, might I just add yes, for the record, yes. not talking to me about them, but I got random <laughs> hypothetical questions. But it was a lot of, I mean, you, you dedicate yeah, a lot of time yeah, is what I mean. You do. And but they, it's important to have farmers reading farmer applications. Yeah. And they, I think they're, to, they really get process and um, consensus building, et cetera. Um, so I think, I don't know, you just sort of like find out who your tribe is in a way. And I, I'm drawn to groups that, you know, there's a variety of skill sets and that they're open to, um, learning and really hearing like you know but yeah all of our programs like there's they're serving farmers and like and then there's also an outreach component so they're all a lot about partnership and you know research can be pretty broad and i love that like sort of innovation and risk sharing in in farming so i also tend for whatever reason like i i find green lights like um more on a regional or a, like a broader scale than, and and then in my immediate backyard so good way to sink so it so understanding i think you know everyone farmers we have to we we you know you yeah it's just the grit and the intimacy that you have to know yourself and those around you because it's you know you're interacting pretty intimately in a lot of ways so i think it's just healthy boundaries and they really, I think there's a mutual respect there that is just such a great group. And talk about efficient use of federal funds and leveraging impact. Wow. Like they, they, 
They're like the best kept secret, but the secret's out because everyone's going to apply for a farmer ranch grant. No, it's great to see. Yeah, most definitely. Most, and just a great, great group of people. Um, I uh, have been the last two years now serving on the SARE Outreach outreach Committee with this intent or the nudge to serve as, I don't know what I'm technically, I remember at large, but to bring the women farmer voice Mm -hmm. to national programming. And it amazes me. I mean, this is a very dedicated group of people, sustainable-minded, mm-hmm. et cetera, how we get in cycle, cycles, but we just sometimes don't notice the details. Do you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, that new series of cover crop videos you just came out with only interviews men. <laughs> Do yeah. you know? And they're like, oh, you know, I mean, yeah. we need to be like uh, pointing out situations because people often just don't notice. Yeah. You know, it's not. I mean, we tend to think things are malicious or manipulative, and they're not. They're not. No, it's like, oh, no. we're like, oh, we're so grateful that a, a woman is a lead researcher. But yeah, like the all their partners are like, you know, and yeah, you just, know, there's like, who keep, are the keep other? Keep poking the at those tide. edges. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've been doing this on your SARE committee work, mm-hmm. but you and I have also crossed paths in the grant review world, and mm-hmm. we both served on the. Uh, federal beginning farmer rancher development program bfrdp grant review and the grant reviews are often something the committees are often something that i don't know just isn't on people's radars particularly yeah, women's radars yeah. and is so i know you and i are so it's important great professional development too yeah and just being like wow like just like learning what, what what people are thinking about and like other parts of agriculture and just you think of like most people broadly will be like oh corn and soy country or dairy and gee you know but there's like so many different you know maple syrup and like hops and lavender or you just like all kinds of ideas out of the sun it's it's been a great way to appreciate you know i now find myself like going on spring break to parts of nebraska because i've discovered like oh (laughs) it's a pretty cool state like really interesting farms going on there or whatever yeah and also too i would think professional development from seeing grants on the other Mm -hmm. side yeah and both improving your own writing and something i know i have personally learned serving on grant review committees is you could write the most wonderful grant but there's this randomness factor that do you know i mean people what if i I don't if i submit a grant or anything like that and don't get something i i don't react negatively anymore do you know or 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 sort of like i'm like you know it could have been the one before lunch and people were hungry or after lunch and they were sleepy or do you know or a lot of things that you can't control in the process you can do the best you can but i have appreciation for the many factors that just happen (laughs) Yeah, and uh, that bottom line, good dedicated people, particularly good dedicated farmers, but from all representations, yeah. academic, nonprofit, and other, are going way beyond their duty to read these things because yeah. they're long and clunky exactly. and and and. But but I found that so empowering when you are around a table or on a conference call, whatever it may be, and able to have a voice that will ultimately affect millions of dollars mm-hmm. of federal funding intended to support farmers. Yeah. And I really do, I think you'd agree, give the give credit to the USDA overall that there yes. really is a sincere effort to make these things peer-reviewed. Yes, absolutely. And, and confidential. And they're looking for people. And confidential. Looking for people. Like you're rotating off. It's consensus-based. So it's not just you. Uh, you're never alone in that decision-making. Um, I will mention another thing too. I think Sarah, it's, the SARE program or just in general has been unique in that 
you have environmental, economic, and social. And they're, they're one of the few places where I find them doing really interesting work around trying to get at quality of life and social sustainability. Well, what does that mean? Like it's a criteria in the grant, but what is it? What are we talking about here? And so we can start to have those conversations and explore like what this might be for people. And yeah. yeah. So. And it's sometimes I realize not super easy. There's not like one big list of grant <laughs> no. review people, no, do you know? No. So it's yeah. like... Like yeah. I know you and I have done. I think I was may, might have nudged you for the BFRDP grant review. When we mm-hmm. when we see opportunities mm-hmm. that we are aware of, uh, to nudge other people, other women, yeah. uh, and yeah. also to organizations like NSAC, the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, and their e news. They'll they'll put things out there when they know about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes grant reviews have quirky schedules, mm-hmm. and they might already have whatever, ex-Midwest mm-hmm. farmers already, but it's one of those things that just having your information on file and keeping in touch yeah. is a good way to go. And sometimes they're they're paid too, or yeah. at least travel compensated. There's something. They're there's hardly money there. makers, no, but they they're something. recognize and value something. your time yep. in ways that, you know, I know a lot of times we, we, we ourselves don't always are, I'm the worst valuer of my time sometimes, but I've gotten really better at putting healthy boundaries. <laughs> Healthy founders, excellent. All right, you know, those learning clients, right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Got to keep it in check. Terrific. Thanks, Erin. Sure, thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable, organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.